Welcome to Help from Future Self. Hello, Archons. Welcome to Help from Future Self, the conversational Keyforge podcast by and for Keyforge friends. I'm your host, Sydney, and I'm joined this week by Blake. Hey, Blake, how you doing? As I sip my coffee, I'm doing great. Uh, <laughs> honestly, super excited to have this uh, chat. I mean, I really like the way we're going with our podcast topics, which is very minimal preparation and spur of the moment <laughs> amazing ideas and just running with it. So yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this discussion. Some might say conversational. <laughs> Ooh, very conversational. Awesome. Well, today we are going to be talking about expectations and what they are, what our expectations are of some things and why they may or may not be important and why you may not have such high expectations or why you should raise some of your expectations on some things. So that is the plan today. And just a little, my own blurb on expectations, Sydney, and this is this is a concept that I have always had and known to be aware of when going to movies. So movies, I think, are one of the greatest things where you can have huge expectations going into a movie. And I find more often than not, you can feel, oh, that movie wasn't wasn't what I thought or wasn't as good. And meanwhile, all it was is your expectations were quite high and the movie is good because they do such a great job of hyping up. So I find movies that I'm most anticipated for and have the highest expectations, sometimes good to watch them twice because now you expectations, things you thought are out of the way. And the second time you can actually just enjoy it for what it is. That's so funny. I have a very similar, but kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum feeling about movies. Like when I first see something and I absolutely love it, like that is the memory that is stuck in my head forever. So like when I, as a grown up now, go back and watch some of the movies I like loved as kids, my expectation is that original love of that mm. movie. And then like, I watch it now and be like, what, why, what, why did little Sydney think this was so good? <laughs> I, I get that. Yeah. I, I totally know what you mean. I, I'm, I'm more coming from the place where you think all these things are going to happen because you have only a two minute trailer of hypotheticals and where things could go that you kind of just run with this wild idea. And that's why I think people don't like some movies. That's my theory, at least. Totally. Too high can... of expectations. <laughs> so, I was thinking we could just talk about some of our expectations on some things that we like keyforge related things and like why we have these expectations and and if they're even realistic because we've we've had 3 years or some we've had almost 3 years to like theory craft expectations for what we want keyforge to be like when it comes back and now it's it's back it's here it's alive and well and so um I was like, we could just like start right off the bat with what what were your expectations of like Ghost Galaxy when you first heard that they were they bought Keyforge and now they were like the the owners of our beloved game. Uh, my first expectation was that celebration there is no longer a conglomerate making decisions without actually being directly involved with the game that was like my first thing so i i initially had the expectation of there being more freedom freedom gotcha. of change freedom of choice that could be done because i i think that there was always the looming aspect of Esmodi just kind of being like we should divest or do this because if we're looking at the numbers and going down to some like accounting reasoning to get rid mm. of a game, which is like obviously like something that companies will do, but 
having that thought and thinking that that expecting that could happen at any moment was very um very anxious. <laughs> so when I knew that this was a company that was just starting out and this is the first thing they're launching with, it it created an expectation of long-term growth for a couple of reasons. The first expectation is going to be that since this is their first project they're backing, they'll probably have a bit of more love for it because it's the first thing that's helping getting the company going off the ground, all those things. So hopefully that makes them have a special place in their heart, which it sounds like it art the game already did since they were there for the conception of it in the first place. Absolutely. And I think that like a lot of people like going in, it's easy to have the expectation that the bar was set by FFG. And so our expectations on some levels like communication were very, very low and they have like far exceeded those expectations for me at least. And then yes. on the the other end of that, like the, we know that FFG had like, they did have this big conglomerate behind them. And so like, we like, we would expect like the commercialization and the uh, distribution and all that stuff to be humongous. And now like we have Ghost Galaxy like doing their best and and blown out of the water by the support of all of these, all, all of the locations around the world that love Keyforge. They now are like, they've set the expectation that they will be distributing at least winds of exchange to all of these places. And so they have also set some of their own expectations that I hope that they can keep. Yes. Um, we'll have to see what happens, obviously. It's all conjecture, but I think that the foundation that has been set, I don't know if, if they intended to create high expectations, but they have, and there's right. also been the follow-up in the initial stages where they're showing that what we can expect. So, I mean, there is high expectations, but there's also the fact that there's been good follow-through from the get-go, which I think allowed those expectations to exist. And I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't be met to a degree. But the truth is, as time goes on and, and you see these positive things, like my movie reference, is that mm -hmm. people will run away with their imaginations of what could be because of what's already happened. There's already been such a strong positive start. And I think Christian even said himself, there'll be moments like we will be disappointed with the decisions that are made and they're just going to have to happen that way. Sure, totally. And I think that um, one of the things that like, I always go in with higher expectations than I should because like my excitement gets away with me and my interest in like whatever it is that I'm, I'm expecting things from. Like whenever I have a long period of time to think about something, I'm really like, my expectations are through the roof. But I, I kind of also sometimes think that, that that holds people to try and meet those because if our expectations are high, they're going to do their best. They're really like, they have a bar to meet because we are setting it for them. And so I don't necessarily think that having a high bar of an expectation is a, is a bad thing in a lot of cases. Um, it's just where you set your, your emotional response to how that expectation is met. And um, for, for Ghost Galaxy, I think that they've done a good job so far setting the bar. And I think the community has done a good job trying to, you know, meet that bar where it is. Yeah, I would but, agree. I think that's a, a great way of putting it. So speaking of the community, that's actually what would your expectations of the Keyforge community be? Like in, in this situation where Keyforge has gone through a long journey to get where it is today and just the, the people who are in the community, do you have expectations of, of the Keyforge community? I mean, 
Yes, but I also feel like as a community, we have as a collective done so much to keep this game going in a time of uncertainty that now that there is certainty, um, I, I don't really think we need to have expectations because we've shown when it is darkest that we are still here and providing the support for each other, really, at the end of the day. That's the truth, is we support each other and we just need to have a company that is willing to provide the platform for us to continue to go down that path. And so I think the community, that honestly, the best thing that they can do is just show up. That's all it is. It's just show up to in-person events, show up to your game stores, get that going again, um, be there and be there weekly, even though it may seem like there's only two of you, just maybe find a friend and go and start playing some Keyforge and hope that more people will come around. I think I that's all it is, agree. show up and be present. It's funny. I found that my expectations of the community have have kind of grown as the more that like I got involved and the more that like I fell in love with the community. I'm like, because the more that I feel like a part of a community, I'm like, we can do this. Like I'm, I'm a part of this. We can bring this game, the, the, uh, like to the level that it needs to be for, for X, Y, and Z to happen. Or like, especially for my, my local game store. Like I, I currently have an expectation that somebody other than myself and Chris, who I'm dragging, will show up at the first live event we're having at our game store in three years. And so um. I'm I'm a little bit scared because, you know, like I, I know people will show up. We have a very supportive community in the Chicagoland area, but like this expectation currently isn't based on a reality. It's like the first time it's happening at my game store again. And so I'm I'm hoping that the expectation that I've set will be met, but also like, is it too high or is it something where we have to just change our expectations because let's say that people can't come maybe it's because i you know threw something during uh, the holiday season or um there are the people just um aren't used to checking the you know the facebook page for keyforge or or they don't really know that things are happening again like we have to help support the community meet to meet the expectations that we want to set for them could you say that one more time <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just joking. <laughs> yes, no, I, I agree with you. I think that is is very helpful and having communication and parameters will will foster that sort of ideology to be successful. And I, I think that that will will happen at the end of the day. And I actually want to tag on to that talking about, you know, the in-store play and community. And what do you think the evolution of in-store play will be now that ghost galaxy is on the scene like what are what is your personal like bar that you're setting and want to have happen for that oh my gosh i don't want to say the word expectations because i feel like we're just saying expectations over and over again and it's losing all meaning and purpose (laughs) in my mind as i say it expectations (laughs) so i i honestly hope that one it can it can get back to where it was before the pandemic. Like we had a group, a good group of eight to 10-ish on on good days, but like also like the primes that we held and like we filled our game store at different points in time. And so I think that that my, my game store is like super ready to be supportive of this game, but that's because our our 
it's called the gift of games in gray's lake but the um the guy who owns it tim he's a great friend of ours now and he is ready to support us because we are enthusiastic about the game we're willing to bring with us all of the energy that it is needed to like support an in-person play where like i am keeping up with keyforge and so even though tim has like maybe 10 plus like in-person games to keep up with like he needs to reach out to all the different companies that are providing all of the different um uh like prize support and all that jazz whereas i'm doing the job of telling him well this is like you could reach out to uh ghost galaxy at keyforging.com and like request a, a support kit and like this is what you need to do and, and this is also the like the temperature of the community and this is what people can expect and if this is what the kinds of things that we play like if we bring winds of exchange then people will probably show up so i think that my 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 ability to support my game store is the crux of how what they are able to provide back to me okay and then here's where we get into the nitty-gritty of the conversation for you sydney what are your expectations for alliance and in-store play because oh, i no. know you are not a fan <laughs> oh no so, and and here's 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 my my thoughts so I think it'd be safe to say that there is a degree of expectation from Ghost Galaxy that Alliance is the answer to lapsed players for the fact of collections being large and not being able to be utilized. Maybe a certain type of player is not playing the game because of the lack of that player agency over being able to control what is in the deck. And even though this isn't building a deck, it gives you control over what you put in it. So... What are your feelings and thoughts <laughs> on this? So I honestly think that I can, there are two different types of alliance. One is standard, one is sealed. The sealed variety. So no, I'm, I want to talk about, I want to talk about the one that you are not a fan of. Oh no. I want to talk about the standard alliance, not sealed. Because I think sealed is the one that anyone who's, who's feeling some kind of way can accept that. So right. I want to know how you feel about the one that is that is created to utilize the collection and you know give people that agency over what they have and being able to make something. How what are your expe expectations for that as an so, in-store event and being utilized? I think that's where like like if we we flip the script where I might fail the expectations of other people of me. Because I think that as much as I could support it happening and think that other people are welcome to enjoy Keyforge in a way that that I personally do not, I, I just don't think that, like if, if, if Tim wanted to host that, if, if my game store wanted to host a standard alliance event, I would ask him how much involvement he needed from me to make that successful. And I, I may in fact minimize that involvement, but I still wanna see him succeed. And if other people show up and it continues to be a very popular event, I I think I would need to play it by ear. Like if I found that that's what my community wanted and that would keep everybody happy and coming back and using their collection and then continuing to play Keyforge, then I, I might just have to get used to playing Alliance Standard. Because that's, that's what my thought is. Like what if 
this is exactly meets the expectations they had when creating this format. And it actually draws in more players. Your player base grows. The store involvement gets larger as a result. Like, what would you do in that? Like, that's like, how would you manage your own expectations of Keyforge? Because this is kind of me just assuming your feelings, but it, it almost seems like it would be a punch in the gut to you. It, it, if your local I, community was like in a majority was like, this is what we want to play. I'm having such a hard time being so enthusiastically joyful <laughs> in my response. <laughs> so I so, guess like, to be honest, you're completely right. Like I would have a hard time being that person. I would hope that Keyforge could have that person in our local community. Like if enough people decided to keep coming back, that this was going to keep them playing the game, that my the 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 need for me to be the driver of the community of this local community would not be as high so that I could possibly find my people. Like I could drive up into Wisconsin to play some of their cuz we're not that far away, but like maybe like play some of the Wisconsinites local um Keyforge uh, nights or maybe like down into the city and there are a handful of game stores there. Like, I feel like if I had to work harder to find a local group of people that wanted to play the Keyforge that I want to play, I would do it. Like I have the passion for the Keyforge that I love to play. And again, that would be without, I'm, I'm not pushing out the people who want to play Alliance Standard. I would let them take over. Like I would let them do their thing. I just like, I would support them in every way that someone who doesn't have a passion for something can support. Like, you know, like when you lose a passion for something, it's it's hard to have the energy to continue to be the crux of that thing. And so I, I would have to change my expectations and basically obliterate them for the, the local scene that I was a part of and recreate them for in a different direction. Okay. See, for me, as I'm, I'm in the same boat, but I think I'm not adverse to it. I just have understand that use my own player agency to do what I want because that's kind of the cool thing about it is I can do as much or as little to go down that path of what alliance is probably going to become, and we don't even know yet because there's still the next evolution of the final set of rules, kind of that are going to fall within it. But for me, it's like. I'm going to do something that I will enjoy. And maybe it's because you're such a competitive person. And that's the reason why this is hard for you, because you maybe can't approach it from like, you can't wrap your head around just building something for fun. So that's how I would do it. It's like, I want decks in my collection that I won't play that have some really juicy houses that I want to utilize, but in the deck they're currently in, they can't be utilized. So I may not do anything within the meta or anything like like with what is like the known sort of winning formula for this or the the few type of archetypes that are really good, but instead just take control of this would be fun to do. And I kind of had this epiphany very recently because I, I had another topic of discussion that I wanted to, to bring up, but we'll save that for another day. And it made me realize that the cool thing about Alliance is you can approach it from not trying to copy what is known to be like the spike formula, we'll say using the, you know, the magic archetype sort of gamers and maybe approach it from a key forge mentality, which is find three houses 
that you are like, I really like what this house is looking like it can do. Put them together with no intention like of of trying to meet something like an architect. Maybe there's a, like something like, oh, I want to have a key cheat or something like that. And then have a discovery with a new deck because that's essentially what you're doing. So maybe the way you're thinking about it is like, it has to be so competitive. What if you just approach it like, it's like I'm getting to play a new deck and the more I play, I'm going to discover these cool things because I didn't construct it in a way to do something so specific. You know, I'm going to like climb out of the hole that I dug for myself. And all I have to say is, you know what I would probably do? I would still buy fresh decks and play sealed alliance amongst the group of people there that were playing alliance standard. I would probably just like have more fun because under the constraint, under time constraints, I think it would be a lot more fun for me to construct decks. I think that the uh, like me having to look at these things and not being able to analyze so deeply and having to pick arbitrary um, biases to like for the, the fun biases to build my decks with, I think would be make it a lot easier for me to approach Alliance. And so if like that was something that I could do consistently, then I would have no problem playing it on a regular basis because I would find the fun in playing the way that I want to play. Fair enough. I, I do I do agree that I think Sealed Alliance is a is a really good answer to an issue that kind of occurred. And, and I think it's going to create the greatest retention of new players. Because one, they have more than one deck. Two, they have agency over not just being stuck with something. If they're playing for the first time, they're not going to necessarily be like, oh, this, this game isn't fun because they didn't win. It's because they literally just opened a not that great deck. Right, totally. So I, I do I do like the way that works. Okay, and what's so your next question? I was going to say that transitions perfectly to, so back to like basics and with Alliance in mind, what is your expectation now of playing a game of Keyforge? Because for me, since that started to happen in person more, that has actually changed because for the past couple of years, most of the Keyforge I've ever played has been online. And so my expectations shifted to be more accepting and and more able to play online because I, I didn't even originally, when, it, when Keyforge first went online, that wasn't my preferred way to play. And now I'm doing the exact opposite transition back to having to play in person, shuffling my own decks and making sure I flip my keys and all that jazz. Well, I mean, I feel like you always play in person because Chris is there and you can just literally <laughs> jab anytime you want. But you mean like in a social setting with multiple people and going round after round, I assume. Yeah. And also like when there are like game store constraints on what you're playing, like if you as a, a community decide to like play like Jank Week or Saskap or whatever it is that you're going to play in person, whether you're like basing that decision on, or even Alliance, like your community of people at the game store decide to play a certain way and you you bringing your expectations with you of how a game will go in person versus like online or just in general, just playing with Woe or whatever, whatever the new playing is. I mean... I guess I'm come from a blessed community where we we probably have only not had in game like game store keyforge for like the last maybe six months maybe oh my gosh we've had we've had it like we obviously during the height of the pandemic didn't have it but as soon as like things started lifting we started getting like I would say 
it, it had to taper down just because some people still didn't want to come out, things like that. But we still had it like at least once a month. Um, new sets and all that, like nothing really felt that different. It just got, you just got used to, I say the tide aspect was really the most difficult part of it was getting used to sure. using a tide. Aside from that, it's it's just been, it's like riding a bike. You just get used to doing things. Like sure, you, you miss some things, like you said, flipping keys and all that, but it's, it's just a natural thing to do. It's the way Keyforge is meant to be played. So it just feels super natural and more comforting and comfortable to play in that format. Um, and then you also have the whole aspect of a new set coming out, which is always fun because there's the constant feeling of discovery and new things. And, and I mean, from the sounds of it, this set, you're literally doing something completely different than you've ever done before playing Keyforge. So there's going to be that as well. So I, I just think it's going to be a really good time and people are going to have a lot of excitement. And that's my expectation is like seeing and hearing people playing the new set and be like, whoa, and having these these exclamations of of just glory happening when it's like, I can't believe you just did that or I can't believe I just <laughs> did that or you just beat me so badly with that. I didn't even know you could do that like sort of moments, which everyone loves. Totally. Absolutely. I've actually found that I have like, I've, I've been finding a newfound appreciation for the art on cards because mm. on TCO, I am so much more likely to like click over to a different browser, click on bag, read the text box of the things that have happened and like see the game state and play based on like the game state that my turn starts on. And they're like, Two things about playing in person that I, I just think are entirely different is like when your opponent is playing their game, you really have nothing else like socially acceptable to do. Like you can't just walk up and leave and come back and sit down every time they're playing their turn. But it's also made me kind of a better player because I am I am deeply paying attention to what they're doing or planning my own turn. And then on top of that, like as we're, all the cards are being played onto the table to like understand what's going on. And because you're there in the moment, I'm, I'm visualizing every card. And so it really has been a nice, like, like newfound appreciation for the art because some of these things are just so well done. And I'm I'm seeing cards that like you don't pay attention to the more like the more simple cards that don't do much on the table or the cards that like come out and like sit there forever. They they're in front of your face, but like actions that you play and then get rid of, like usually you're just thinking about what they do in your head. But when you're holding the card in your hand and you're looking at like the the small reference like in most of the star alliance cards the references in the art like things from star trek or like you know like the dino all the dino cards all of the like little roman aspects of that art it's just so fun and i'm i'm finding that i'm having more fun playing in person because of what you said the social interactions but also like paying more attention to the game itself while i'm playing mm, i agree yeah that's a good way of putting it I definitely, well, I mean, I always notice the art because I, I have a visual background of appreciation for those sort of things. But uh, yes, I know I know exactly what you're saying. You you notice the the details a little bit more in those moments. Absolutely. Um, but like kind of along the lines of what we've been talking about, what are your expectations, yes, I'm using the word again, of what the fans and the content providers have been providing because there are a lot of things like TCO kept the game alive and DOK is basically where the secondary market lives, but also is what a lot of online um, 
like leagues utilize your your pool of decks and that list is on is utilized from TCO and like not the Master Vault and like things like Archon Arcana is is kept up to date with spoilers so that the community has a resource like all of these online resources that we sometimes probably take for granted like I realized that my expectations of these are are so high that I've I've started patreoning some of these because the, they are providing a service in in such a way that like if if it wasn't a fan run activity like if it was a business like they they would be earning money for the the work and the time and the effort that they are putting into these things. Mm. Um, I don't know if I have expectations. I I guess it's I guess it's like the the expectation is there's appreciation always because they have provided everything that you said and never mind DOK being the secondary market, just as a means to do a very detailed search of what exists within your collection, that alone of being a resource, because there's so many aspects to the, like, never mind using any of their, their sort of, um, their statistics that they've created to define decks, but just even just houses, uh, creature count, like those those sort of things, like not the actual like stats that can define how good a deck is. Just being able to utilize that, it's just the most helpful utility towards being able to manage your collection. I mean, and with the Master Vault obviously going to be going away soon and a new form coming, um, We'll see the direction Ghost Galaxy takes it, but right now it's it's the most concrete way of keeping everything together and organized and defined. I mean, there is a part of me that wishes you could have a randomization, you know, like instead of having it shown like top to bottom, bottom to top, it could just be like a random... Because sh- I, I feel like there's there's a an area of my decks that I'm always overlooking because I don't scroll down far enough. Because I feel like you're either sometimes going to the very bottom or you're going near the top. There's this middle area where you're kind of overlooking, I feel, a lot of the time. Oh, I totally know how you feel. Like whenever we were picking decks for ABR this season and like we were um, like giving it a criteria that I wouldn't otherwise use, I still only looked at like the first three or four decks that met that criteria. And so there's definitely a middle section of my decks I've never used. I love that idea. So yeah, I wish there was a way to like randomize, like, you know, when you're listening to music, a shuffle, the shuffle, totally. <laughs> the shuffle for your keyboard deck collection. That's awesome. I, I, I love that for not only, um, uh, not only DOK, but also like TCO, like of all of the decks that I've ever uploaded that I have here, like instead of picking like a, they have a sealed deck option, but like picking a random one of my collection, that would be kind of cool. I mean, too. could you imagine if you could just literally have a button that accesses your whole collection you didn't have to import it into tco and then it would would pull it and then you would play it i mean sure. i say this and and i know i know as soon as i said that if scott jedi is listening he's like hmm, i wonder how i could do that and he's literally <laughs> plotting the way to code that because i just know that's how his mind works and is so, he I mean, the one who came really up cool. with he created the like um the alliance like you can put decks together um on uh a, like he created a website where you could do that so that you could see all the houses together and see if it's a valid deck because like they have to be from the same set. It meets all this criteria. Um, oh yes. Yep. He did do that. 
Yeah. So like there are, there are just, there's so many amazing content creators out there that are creating things that we use for Keyforge every day that are just so incredible. And like, you don't, you don't even think about it, you know, like we have expectations of these content creators, even though like they're doing this out of the passion for the game. Yeah. I mean, I feel taking my approach, which is doing as little as possible to lower <laughs> expectations is you can't go wrong. <laughs> You're a content creator. How can you how can you do that? <laughs> well, you know, you just you just kind of be very cavalier with it and and just give very little now and then and then you know, it just sets that great expectation of there is none. And then when you provide something, everyone's just like, "Wow. He's actually deciding to do some work. That's a nice change." So, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. That's so great. No, but honestly, all the people who have been creating visual media and audio media throughout this, like, I don't think there's really any expectations. We have a plethora of people doing it. So I remember when we started off, there was only a few uh, people out there doing stuff. And now we have a really rich, diverse community of people creating content, whether it's articles, podcasts, videos, streams that we're we're very rich in in that. So I, I think the expectation now is that if suddenly people stop, I think people will get mad. Like, why isn't there content now? I want to like watch Keyforge. I want to listen to Keyforge. I want to, you know, analyze Keyforge. So it's nice that there is a rich vein of that at the moment. I couldn't agree more. I, I think that there is so much that is being offered right now that it really does like fill a need and if that need were then not to be filled, then that expectation wouldn't be met, no matter like if it's people not creating their content or changing their content. But like you can always go to someone else creating a different content that you love, you know? Yeah, agreed. That is all I have for my expectations. Do you have any last thoughts before we move on to our titular segment? Um, I think that's all for me as well. Let me just quickly check my notes. Nope, those were my, my juicy one was to bring up the alliance conversation because I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> so I just wanted to, to put you on the spot with that. That was that was my curveball. Touche, sir. That was that was pretty good. <laughs> but we cannot end an episode of Help from Future Self without the titular segment. Help from future self. And I have one for us today. And going along with everything that we've already talked about, um, but with a specific example is lower your expectations and not because i think anything is is bad or or things your expectations shouldn't be high because they won't be met but we've had like i i think i mentioned this earlier we've had multiple years to create these expectations to like ask so much of the people that we are expecting things of and this wonderful game that we love that nothing is perfect. Nothing is going to be exactly what we want it to be. We have, like you said, a diverse group of people that are um, providing so many different things. And so if something isn't exactly what you want, it's, it's hard if you expect it to be perfect, not to be disappointed. So I'd rather be pleasantly surprised by um, having a, a lower expectation and having that expectation be met or surpassed than for um, me to be disappointed that somebody is not creating the content I want or providing the service that I need or um, like the art isn't exactly what I want because I'll just, you know, go to a different house and appreciate that art or find all of the Easter eggs and all of the art across all of the houses. And it's just find something that you really enjoy about the game and don't let the expectations of the game um, make you disappointed. 
I like that. That's a that's a good way of phrasing it. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And you can reach us on Discord. We are we have a a healthy, active um, Discord community there. The link is in the show notes. And you can also email us at hffspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find me on Discord and TCO at SC Steel. And Blake, where can people find you? Best place is through Discord. It's uh, Boulevard Blake number sign 3840. And you can also find my YouTube channel there where I have been on hiatus, not intentionally, just life-wise. But I'm going to be putting out some content uh, this week. You'll see some more stuff hitting the YouTube airwaves. So uh, tune into that. Awesome. Well, we will be back next week with another episode of Help from Future Self. And until then, stay forging.